No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming back to me. There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Sometimes we sing until we believe, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Of faith, there's no wall you won't kick down, why you won't tear down. Coming after me, oh, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me, oh, there's no wall you won't kick down, why you won't tear down. Coming after me. Of God, I'm no. Longer 
chosen, we are protected, we are rescued, we are redeemed, we are cleansed because of you and your majesty and your power and your love and your grace, God. We acknowledge these things. These are basic concepts that we probably, many of us have known for many years now, I'm sure. But Jesus, we just remind ourselves of the simple truth 
life-changing, God, your love for us. We can't earn it, Lord. We can't earn your adoption. We cannot earn to be a part of your kingdom. But, Lord, you paid that price for us, and we lift our thanks to you, Jesus. We thank you. We praise you. we humble ourselves in your presence, God, and we just fall on our knees and worship Jesus. Jesus, you are our king, and you have also chosen to be our father. And Jesus, we choose to be your sons and your daughters. We choose to be that every day, God.
this morning for a lady in Haiti. Um, she's not been able 
nobody's been able to have contact with her, and uh, they're becoming very worried, and there's uh, protesters, is that what you said, that are, she was in a hotel building, okay. Well, let's pray for her this morning as well. Uh, If we could have our ushers come forward for our offering this morning, that'd be great. Heavenly Father, I pray for this lady in Haiti this morning. I pray that somebody would be able to have contact with her and that you would just do a work in her life and in those and everything that's going on in Haiti right now. Lord, I just pray that your spirit would be there with her and that um, you would just touch them and and bring uh, contact from her so that people know uh, that she's safe and that she's okay. And Lord, I just pray that you would touch her this morning. Lord, I pray for our tithes and offerings and our gifts that we are going to uh, give back to you this morning, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. No wall you won't kick down, lie you won't dig down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't Good morning. Good morning. I was gone for a month and prayed for me while I was at Taipei on a mission trip. I want to thank you for that. I got the privilege of speaking to a church that had 21 nationalities, and most of them were millennials. And it was, I had a blast. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. In fact, they've asked us. They've asked Nancy and I to come back now. So (laughs) thank you for your prayers.
There'd be a song, Master of the Wind. My boat of life sails on a different sea Whenever there's wind in my sail But I have a friend who watches over me When the breeze turns into gale I know the master of the wind. I know the maker of the rain. He can calm the storm, make the sun to shine again. I know the master of the wind. Sometimes I soar like an eagle in the sky. Among the peaks, my soul can be found. An unexpected storm may drive me from the high. Bring me low, but never take me down. I know the master of the wind. I know the maker of the rain. He can come the storm, make the sun to shine again. I know the master of the I know the master of the wind. I know the maker of the rain. He can come the storm, make the sun to shine again. I'm master of the wind. He can come the storm. Make the sun to shine again. Do you know the master of the wind? Psalm 119, verse 45. Psalm 119, verse 45, one verse, and it's on the screen if you'd like to look at it there. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. Father, I pray that you bless the reading of your word. Help us, Lord, to understand it in our mind. Drop it into our heart that we may apply it in what we do. Bless this time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. I have known people who were living in America, freedom that we have in America, and believed that they were free, but every day they were under the bondage of sin, had some habit that they were having a problem with that enslaved them. How many know people like that? Or had some unlimiting belief that was bringing them down. And of, on my trip, I met two people that were in a refugee camp on an island in the middle of the Pacific, a small island, and they were sent there for medical reasons. And they were in this refugee camp because they were Christians. They were from Iran, and they were sent away, political prisoners, or put in this camp because they were Christians. One person, one is laughing on the outside and crying on the inside. Somebody ought to write a song about that. <laughs> and the other is crying on the outside, but laughing on the inside. Has joy on the which one are you? Which one are you? In August 1st, 1838, slavery was abolished in the English Empire. The evening before in Jamaica, a large company of slaves got together and they had made this crude box that they had on the shore and they dug a hole beside it and at midnight, they would come and they took, they took uh, leg irons and whips and other things which represented their slavery, and they put it in the coffin, and they closed the lid, loaded into the hole, covered it, sang a, and got around a circle with, with uh, hands holding together and saying, Bless God from whom all blessings flow. And they were thanking Jesus for the freedom that they had. I want to tell you that Jesus Christ came to set us free. Are you free? Do you feel the freedom that Jesus has given you? In 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I thank God that I live in America, that I have freedom here. But more than that, I thank God for the freedom that I have in Jesus Christ. He stretched out his arms and died for me. And because of that, I have freedom. Freedom is a biblical concept provided by Christ at great cost. And when we receive Jesus in our life, we receive freedom. But the question comes, how do I know I am free? How do I know I am free? Number one, I know I am free when I feel the release of the weight of sin. I know I am free when I feel the release of the weight of sin. Do you remember? I remember when my burdens rode away. We used to sing that. Do you remember that song? But do you remember when your burdens were rode away? Have you come to the cross? 
Do you remember when you received Jesus in your life? Do you remember the feeling of forgiveness and the weight that was gone? You know, one of the problems we all face is that we cast aside this burden when we come to Jesus. You know, we come down to the altar. I've seen this a few times. People would come down to the altar and receive Christ, or they come down to the altar and, and they cast away their burden. And then they start walking away and they feel something funny and they go back and they pick up the burden. place they we we come to that place the problem is we slip hello problem is we slip we have this tendency to fall back humpty dumpty sat on a wall humpty dumpty had a great fall and all the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Humpty together again. When I was a child, I had a problem with this. I was so concerned with Humpty Dumpty. And when you're a person who likes to fix things, you will have a problem with Humpty Dumpty because he fell down and he, he broke. I mean, he really broke. You know, nobody could put him back together again. He was a broken egg. A little bit of onions, a little bit of cheese, and you've got an omelet. But the reason Humpty Dumpty fell, we may never know except for this. The story becomes clearer when we begin to think about it. Humpty Dumpty chose to sit on the wall. He chose to sit on the wall. Eggs should know better than to set in high places. What was he thinking? But I want to share with you that the reason we fall back into the slavery of sin is that we choose. We can't blame it on anybody else. It's our own fault. We must give up our excuses Quit blaming sin, our habits, our limiting beliefs on somebody or someone else and say, it's me, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me. God has granted us freedom. We choose to either live in that freedom or slip back into sin. In Galatians 5.1, Paul says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has set us free. And do not go back into that bondage of sin again. We used to sing this song. Once like a bird in prison I felt, no freedom from my sorrow I felt. Then Jesus came and listened to me. Glory to God, he set me free. You know the difference? In that song is three words. Then Jesus came. 
When Jesus came, he set me free. When Jesus came, he set you free. When Jesus came, we have freedom. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. (laughs) Michael last week was really good. Amen? He was really good. And he said, hey, let's say hallelujah. So we said hallelujah. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In Christ, there is freedom, which from those things which comes to steal away our peace. In Christ Jesus, there is forgiveness from our past. His forgiveness has brought freedom from those things which just reaches up to us and tries to pull us down. And in Jesus Christ, we have that freedom. In Christ Jesus, our past does not predict our future. In Jesus Christ, our past does not predict our future. His forgiveness sets us free from the burden of the past. The load of sin was more than I could bear. He took them all away. And now on him I row my every care. He took my sins away. Are you free? Do you feel that release of that weight, sin? Number two, I know I am free when I bear the responsibility of my life. I know I am free when I bear the responsibility of my life. Sigmund Freud, I can't believe I'm quoting him in a sermon. (laughs) Sigmund Freud observed, most people do not really want freedom. Listen to a psychologist. Most people really don't want freedom because freedom involves responsibility And people are scared of responsibility. Got quiet. Choosing to serve God is a choice. And choice, my friends, is about responsibility. I have seen the worst people in the town come down to the altars or stand in the seat and pray a prayer of salvation and receive Jesus and leave that place different than they came in. I remember one guy, he hated everybody. You know anybody like that? He just hated everybody. He was, he was, well, he didn't like anybody. And for some reason, he stumbled into a revival service and he received Jesus. And that man, wanted to hug everybody in the building. <laughs> his, his, whole, his whole attitude just did a complete turnaround. And God did something within his life, but something even more than that. What I notice with people is when they come to Jesus, they begin to realize the responsibility of my life is me, no one else. I believe when a man becomes free, he resumes those responsibilities. Arthur Mark Manson writes, We are responsible for everything in our lives. We always control how we interpret what happens to us, 
as well as how we respond. Fault is past tense. Responsibility is present tense. Let, let's get practical in one area. I was doing my devotions the other day, and I, I've been journaling my devotions. And in Proverbs 13.3, it says, Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. I believe that we are responsible for the words that we speak. We are responsible for the words that we say. And if we, when we realize that, we take time to think about what we say. But I've, I've, I've been around people all my life, and I've been around some people that should think before they say, but don't. Hello. And we've all been there. All of us. In Proverbs 12, 26, I like this. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor. You know what that says? That says that we influence the people around us. As believers, we influence the people around us. Number three, I know I am free. When I control my thoughts instead of my thoughts controlling me, I know I am free when I control my thoughts instead of my thoughts controlling me. In Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Now, I know that you have chosen that verse for your church to talk about your mission statement, to bring people into the very center of God's will. But it talks about the renewing of the mind. Studies show that when you put energy into a good thought, you're taking away energy from a bad thought. Does that make sense? But when you put energy into a bad thought, you're taking away energy from the good thought. That's why sometimes change is so hard with people because they're flipping back and forth with that energy. <laughs> the battle is in the mind. It's in our thought life. Paul wrote to the Colossians, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. In Galatians 5.13, for you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use freedom for an opportunity for the flesh, but by love serve one another. You know what he's talking about? It's a mental choice not to dive into the things of the flesh. It's a mental choice to serve other people. A lot of people today are like the Zod in Dr. Zeus. Did I ever tell you about the young Zod? How many of you like children's stories? 
Did I ever tell you about the young Zod who came to a sign at the fork of the road? He looked one way and then another too, and the Zone had to make up his mind what to do. He scratched his head, he scratched his chin, and he scratched his pants. And he said, I'll be taking a chance if I go to place one. It might be too hot, and I might not like it. Who would know whether I like it or not? On the other hand, though, I would feel such a fool if I chose place two, and it would be cool, and then I would, sir, I would turn blue. So place one may be best, but not place two. Play it safe, cried the Zode. So he played the safe, and he said, I'll simply start off at both places at once. And that's how the Zode, who would not take a chance, didn't go anywhere with a split in his pants. When we choose the right path, and that's Jesus, my friends, we need to stick with it. When we choose the right path, we need to stick with it. In Isaiah 26.3, you will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. In Romans 8.6, to set your mind on the flesh is death. To set your mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Last, I know I am free when I can step into my fear. I know I am free when I can step into my fear. There's supposed to be a picture there of my son's climbing. There it goes. Oh, that's me climbing. Wow. What is it that you're afraid of? What brings fear into your life? I, I, would, I would, let me tell you a little story. Two things. Two things I was afraid of when I was young. One of them is heights. I had a morbid fear of heights. So, I, when I was young, I thought, I, I can't do this, so I would go to my dad's garage. I got an umbrella, and I got up on top of the garage, and I was, and I was shaking like a leaf. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get over this fear of heights, and I jumped off. You know what happened? The umbrella went, whoop, and I went, boom. <laughs> but after a while, I got over my fear of heights, and I began to climb. Second fear that I had was I was afraid to get up in front of people and speak. My biggest fear was speaking in front of an audience. It scared me literally to death. I took speech class in high school. I had to write a speech. I wrote it. I put it all together. And uh, it was my turn to speak. I stood up from my desk, scooted into the aisle, turned around and ran out the back door. <laughs> I flunked speech in high school, and to make it short, I flunked speech in college because I was too afraid to get up in front of people, and then God called me to preach. And I'm arguing with God, you've got to be kidding me. God said, no. 
I will help you. And you know what? I love speaking to an audience. I love doing that. First, I wanted to just sing and travel and sing. That's all I wanted to do. I could sing in front of a thousand people, but I couldn't stand in front of three without getting nervous. But God helps us. How many of you can say you're afraid of speaking in front of an audience? Come on. Some of you, yeah, I know. George Mueller wrote, The beginning of anxiety is the end of our faith. The beginning of faith is the end of our anxiety. Fear has a tendency to make us hide into our comfort zone. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 8, the Lord goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Harry Fosdick wrote that fear imprisons us. Faith liberates. Fear paralyzes. Faith empowers. Fear makes us useless. But faith, my friends, makes us useful for the kingdom of God. Paul wrote, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, cry, Abba, Father. And that word Abba simply means dad. Dad. We cry to God. Two country boys were sitting on their front porch with rocking chairs. They were going back and forth, and they were sipping sweet tea. And a lazy old hound dog, this lazy old hound dog lay at their feet, whimpering. Next slide. Anyway, there it goes. Lay lay at their feet, whimpering. Thank you. What's wrong with your dog, one of them said, and the other one said, well, I I think he's laying on the nail. And he said, why don't don't he move away from the nail? And he said, uh, I I reckon it doesn't hurt him enough. Sometimes coming to Jesus I remember when, when I first came to Jesus, when I responded to the altar call, I was just like that hound dog. I was uncomfortable, but I didn't want to move. I even grabbed hold of the pew in front of me until my knuckles turned white. I was 11 years old. <laughs> and the pastor looked back at me and said, Greg, don't you want to come forward? <laughs> And I let go of the pew, and I came forward and received Jesus. And I will tell you, even as 11 years old, it made the difference in my life. And I've seen time after time after time again, it makes the difference in your life. When you receive Jesus and ask him to be part of your life, you may be like me, and want to hold on. 
The Bible says, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And again in John, but to all who did receive him and believed in his name, he gave the right, listen to this, he gave the right, and the word there in the Greek is the same as authority, to become a child of God. I want everyone to bow your heads, please, and no one looking around. I want to ask if there's anyone here who will say, Greg, I know you're talking to Christians, but something within this sermon sparked with me. And I know that I need Jesus in my life. And this morning, I want to do something about that. If that's you, can you just slip up your hand and look at me and say, Greg, that's me? Anybody? I want us all to look up. When we step, I believe when we step out of our comfort zone, we step into fear. But when faith grabs hold of us, we begin to step into the adventure into the adventure zone. And I want to tell you something. I have found it is an adventure walking with Jesus. It's fun. It's exciting. It's good. I remember the how many of you remember the story of Jesus when he sent his disciples on the other side of the lake, they were in a storm. I'm going to make this short. And Jesus came walking on the water. And when he came, Peter cried out to him, Jesus, if it's you. Now, now listen to what he said. Jesus, if it is you, ask me to come out on the water with you. How many of you would say that? And Jesus just said this. One word, come. And the boat was Peter's comfort zone. He lived there. That was his job. And all of a sudden, he got his eyes up on Jesus, and he stepped out of his comfort zone onto solid material and began walking towards Jesus on water. That's faith. And I, I began to think about this. You cannot walk on water and have a stay-in-the-boat attitude. You can't walk on water and have a stay-in-the-boat attitude. You've got to get out of the boat. I've, I've been in this church for the last nine months. I have really enjoyed the services. I've enjoyed being able to meet you and uh, make friends with many in, in the, the Bible studies we've been in in uh, Friday morning and Sunday night. I love our pastor. And before he went on vacation, he presented a vision to us as a congregation. Radio station to work with with drug rehab 
and to have multiple sites. I love that. I absolutely love that. And he's gone on a missions trip, and he's speaking to African pastors, and he's training them in ministry. That's what he's doing. Got five sessions, two hours apiece. Think about that. Two hours apiece. And each one of them, he has two people interpreting him. So he speaks, this guy interprets, and then this guy interprets. That's what he's doing this week. He's working. I want to tell you something. And then when he comes back, him and I have talked and prayed about this. We're going to edge into the vision. I want to ask, how many here say, Greg, I know he's not here. I want to prepare it for him. I appreciate this man, and I believe in him. Amen? Amen? And I want want to ask, how many of us here would just stand up and say, Greg, I'm with Pastor Brian with his vision. I want to be counted as someone that will be available and that will help to bring this vision to pass. Amen? If that's you, I want you to stand. That's you. I want you to stand all over the audience. And what I want us to do is just, I want to make this really hard on some of you, maybe. I would like for you to just move out in the aisles, come up around here and stand. And we're going to pray together that God would help us help Pastor Brian. Amen. You guys are good. I let's pray. Father, I thank you for Pastor Brian. I thank you for this church. And I pray, Father, that you would help us to encourage our pastor, to help him. And, Lord, when, when uh, one of the areas of vision comes up and it sparks something within our heart, and, God, we know that's me. I can do this. I can help. Lord, that we will we will stand with Pastor in that area and that we will help him. God, I pray as he's on this missions trip, you give him strength. You give him uh, protection. I pray for him and George and for Pastor Michael. God, that you just bless them and help them. And, Father, bring them home safe. And I pray, Father, that you will help us. God, we are no longer a slave to fear. We are children of God. 
everyone said. Amen. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. split the seas. I'll close the service this morning. Um, you want to pray? No? There's a video. I think there's a video surprise for us today. If it works, I hope. Hey, good morning, everybody. We've landed in... Uh, landed in Addis Ababa. We're heading to Gambella uh, as soon as they load us up on the airplane. Just wanted to greet you, say hi, uh, and thank you for praying for us. And uh, this week we'll be um, ministering to children, but also uh, I'll be uh, experiencing something really cool is I'll be teaching a bunch of pastors this week. Um, and um, George here is going to be doing some measurements for the construction of the building uh, for ministry towards these refugees in Gambella. And uh, so that's just kind of a, a, a quick synopsis of what we will be experiencing this week. And uh, hopefully we have a great uh, report for you when we get back. So what I want to do right now is I want to invite you to stand up. I'm going to say the blessing over you. Michael's going to join me in that. So may the Lord bless you. 
because you and the alcohols maybe will keep you because you open with me maybe will make his face to shine on you kon nyam ne jakaba boy nyam don be gracious to you lord at ask ye and fill you with peace have a tianka mal have an awesome week bye ka jo maba you are dismissed chaye jakka chaye loira tries to ransom me i know that i need it the faith to see what you see
And a thirsty soul Dreaming for more than the life I'd known Till I tasted a burning coal And my guilt was erased My sin was atoned Oh, I dare to believe in incredible things Oh, I'm ready to go I'm ready to go to believe in incredible things oh cause you're the god of the impossible oh i dare to believe in incredible things Thank you.
The dream is fading, now I'm staring at the door. I know it's over, cause my feet have hit the cold floor. Check my reflection, I ain't feeling what I see. It's no mystery. Whatever happened to a passion I could live for? What became of the flame that made me feel more? Got me swinging for the grand prize. I feel the haters spitting vapors on my dreams, but I. 